You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We're hopeful that you are happy, healthy, excited, and we're hopeful that you're pumped because the Dallas Cowboys are back. A 43-3 victory for America's team on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. That was two days ago, which means that today is Tuesday. And because it is Tuesday, it is time for our weekly Blogging the Boys roundtable here on the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. Make sure you do subscribe. We have a packed room for you this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us, going clockwise, if you are watching this, we will podcast this as well uh, for the podcast audience on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, is Tom the wise one, Ryle. Uh, you can, of course, read Tom at blogoftheboys.com. Here I'm on Riled Up every Thursday on the podcast network. <laughs> Next to him, young Antonio, Tony Catalina, who you can hear on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Cowboys Roundup. And now on Saturdays on Two Minute Warning, you can follow him on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina. Beneath him on the screen, nowhere else, we have young Aiden Davis, the professor, uh, our statistical mastermind on Twitter at Aiden1214. You can read him at the pages at blogoftheboys.com. In the middle underneath, we have Danny Phantom. Dan Rogers is his uh, official legal name, what he goes by, you know, on the streets. Danny Phantom is more so when he is on Twitter and whatnot, at DannyPhantom24 on Twitter.com. You can hear Danny on Cowboys Roundup on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then we have Sturch, who is one-third of Two Minute Warning, along with Aiden and Tony, our newest show at Blog of the Boys. Sturch, you can hear, of course, at Chop Sports, everything they do over there, lots of fun stuff. Great content that they put out at Chop Sports, just like we like to do here at Blog of the Boys. I Bleed Blue 365 says Super Crew. And Tom, I Bleed Blue 365 says Best Show Every Week. How does that make you feel, Tom? Uh, pressured. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Tom. <laughs> certainly one one way to to react. Uh, we have a lot to get to, people. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are seven and two. They have a massive game coming up on Sunday on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. We have some graphic things to share that the professor whipped up for us. But Tony, Cowboys are back. You chicken little. You 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 know everything good now. Cowboys went to the Super Bowl. You're kind of our most extreme person here around these neck of the woods. I mean, it's it's tough to feel pretty bad after what happened last week. I mean, it was. I think I said it earlier, or maybe in one of my in one of the roundups. I said, uh, you know, the second half was easy living. You know, getting to watch that, relax, and being able to sit down. So, uh, you got no complaints out of me after last week. Mm, well said, Dan. You were not here for the roundtable last week, but we wanted to make sure you were. We got an extra seat. You know, like when you go to the restaurant, they put you at the booth that only seats four, but you have five, so it's really awkward. You ask the waiter or waitress, could, could you get the chair? You know, the extra chair, and then that person's got to get up every time somebody's got to get out of the booth. It's a whole awkward situation uh, for the whole meal. You're not there, Dan. You're in the booth, so don't worry. You're nestled safely in the corner. Uh, all the jackets and bags with you right there as well. Uh, but how are you feeling, Dan? Because you were sprightly on the Cowboys Roundup this morning. Uh, you know what? I, I'm feeling great. I mean, I don't know how you could not feel great. Uh, this is a, a really good spot to be in. You know, it doesn't happen 
a lot. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned in the roundup, you know, this we just have to really embrace this time. So I'm trying to enjoy enjoy all of it. Mm, Sturch, um, you happy? You you pleased? You over the moon? You just desolate? I mean, how, what are your emotions? I'm not satisfied. I'm not oh, satisfied. I, I want more out of this. Uh, I want back. I, I want to go into Kansas City and, and show the world that you know we're nothing to mess around with. As plenty of these Cowboys have gone on record to say, like you don't want to f with us. You know, like they got they're, they're taking the gloves off now, which is kind of cool. Mm, the only team that effed with them, the Atlanta Falcons. I always love how the Falcon is in the shape of an F, one of the cooler logos in the NFL, in my personal opinion. Aiden, you predicted uh, on your own, with no help from NFL history, uh, many weeks ago that the Cowboys' defense would average about two turnovers a game for the rest of the way. That was at week two or after week two that we had that discussion. Three turnovers last week. They're working on bumping that average back for you after they got none the previous two games. It was refreshing to see, too. It was it seemed like three straight drives where it was Anthony Brown and it was Diggs. It was, and that everybody was getting in on the party. It was just fun to watch because that's when it seemed like the Falcons just melted down. And I took great pleasure in that. Good for, uh, good for you, Aiden. Good for all of us. Um, <laughs> I want to start with a fight. Um, I want to get things going. It's my job to stir the pot here uh, as your humble host. Um, and so the first question, we're going to deal with um, is going. I, I'm going to predict the fight for Sturch, Tony, Aiden. Let's all get some popcorn. Let's sit back. Sturch, I know you have some experience doing some ringside announcing. Maybe you get in the middle here uh, if Tom and Dan are, are too upset with one another. But the first question, and Tom, I, I put it to you to set the table. Who do you most attribute the bounce back to? Cowboys get blanked effectively by the Denver Broncos in week nine. Uh, They bounce back with the help of a particular substance that we'll get to in a little bit um, and uh, defeat the Atlanta Falcons 43 to three. If you have to place the credit at the feet of one person, who is that and why? You know, the, the, the obvious answer would be Dak Prescott, you know, because he came back and, and played so beautifully. Um, By the way, Deluna took a great answer here. Most attribute Denver, the Denver Broncos. So that's a, yeah. that's a great answer, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm going to give a shout out, you know, to to Jordan Lewis because he effectively ended the game with those back to back pass breakups. Uh, I think it was on Atlanta's second possession when they uh, wound up turning it over on downs, and that whole game went from okay we're in a little bit of a fight here we got to make sure we do it right to the Cowboys said okay we're putting our foot on your neck and choking you all the way out a fair answer Tom not what I wanted I'll, I'll have to you know stir the pot in a little bit and come back around to this uh, but <laughs> since since you're answering it in a somewhat serious way Tony uh, let's go around the bend who do you most attribute it to you can't take anybody's answer those are the rules around here so Jordan Lewis is off the table Dak Prescott also off the table because that's too easy too chalk I mean for me it's hard not to say Mike McCarthy and and kind of the what he's built mm. in this team after the the you know we're going to get to it later about the monkey butt, but like it's just his mentality, what he's brought to this team. Um, it's just easy to attribute the fact that, um, yeah, Denver helped make it a wake up call for us. And, and how we looked at this week is, you know, they had to do a self reflection. But I think that's, you know, that's something you can attribute to the way Mike McCarthy coaches, what he's still in belief and, you know, mentality in this team. So I'm going to have to give the head coach a, a big plus one on this. 
Tony's knocking on the door. We'll come back to this. But Aiden, uh, who do you most attribute the bounce back to for the Cowboys? You can't pick Mike McCarthy, Jordan Lewis, or Dak Prescott. I'm going to attribute it to the place where it all starts, and that's the offensive line, specifically with Terrence Steele. I think he was getting a lot of flack after the Denver game, and rightfully so. It wasn't his finest game. But he came out there and didn't allow a single pressure. And this is kind of a secondary shout-out. Sorry if one of you guys planning on taking this but is don't apologize fight always (laughs) ezekiel elliott in the passing game i understand it wasn't his best game on the ground but he was picking up blitzes like us like it was his job and it is his job (laughs) fair that's fair he is getting paid a lot of money to do it but i mean dak had all day to throw and i think that's the number one reason why you saw a great game from dak and a great game from the offense as a whole Okay, Aiden taking two, making it difficult for you, Dan, but you're not last. So, Mr. Rogers, what do you got? Well, since I can't take McCarthy. Um, oh, the pod is is intensifying. I love this. Okay. No, I'm going to cheat a little bit because um, I think it all kind of trickles down from Prescott. But since we can't pick Prescott, um, I'm going to take the next best thing in Dallas, and that's Kellen Moore. I just think everything, um, everything just builds off what – Dak and Kellen does. And I think you look at when the offense moves the chains and puts points on the board, what it does defensively. I just think that there's, I'm calling it now the Dakota fly effect. Um, nice. So I think that, uh, I think to me, I mean, you last with Denver, you know, you're missing that part of it and just everything starts to go South. And then once things start to roll again, it just, it all just falls into place. So. That's well said. All good answers. Sturch, you can't pick CeeDee Lamb. I'll throw him into the can't pick mix as well, just because um, you know, it's a little bit challenging. Fellas, fellas, look, I, I love all your answers. I think they're great. But can we go with the guy that got the game ball, Dan Quinn? Like, are, are we like, are, are the opportunity here? around the clock before I, it got to Sturch? I was wow. I was fully expecting to have to pick like Dorrance Armstrong or something like that because somebody was going to nail Dan Quinn. But like Dan Quinn is the reason why, like, look, everybody and their sister knew that the Dallas Cowboys offense was going to perform and bounce back. You all knew that. You have Dak Prescott. You know you're going to bounce back into form. We know that Kellen Moore is a great offensive coordinator. These are things we know. What we didn't know is the defense, how they were going to respond to not having Randy Gregory, right? How how are they going to how are they going to use Parsons being down two of their their best two defensive pass rushers? So Dan Quinn dialed something up, took his old team and said, "Thank you very much for the nice early release, so I can establish myself as a defensive coordinator extraordinaire again for the Dallas Cowboys." And that's that's yes, it's forty three to three. The more impressive thing to me is holding an NFL team to three points. You know, um, I've just decided right now I'm going to start keeping score, you know, on these roundtables after every question. And Sturch is in the lead. One point. The point for the round goes to Sturch. Uh, great job. Micah Parsons just fell to 10 and to 12 again. He pounced on him. Great job by you, Dave Sturchio. Uh, early in the running for today's winner. Um, a, a, well, a great comment here. Donnie, by the way, in our comment section, did uh, mention Dan Quinn as well. So you've got some people on your wavelength of thought, Sturge. But um, this was the fight I wanted to start, and you were all super boring about it. Uh, Tom, you seem um, ready to tango on this. Donnie also said, I attribute it to being Mike or to Mike McCarthy, rather, excuse me, being a better head coach than Jason Garrett. Tom Ryle, your thoughts? Oh, uh, I think that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, I, I was 
wondering if you were kind of fishing for for my Tom. I threw a net in the river, and okay. you know, like I, I threw some looking? some TNT and dynamite yeah. to blow it all up. I mean, come on, let's go. And sometimes we overthink the question. So yeah, uh, but yeah, Mike McCarthy has set a completely different tone. I was reading some stuff today about how he has a long history of being aggressive. He was one of the first head coaches to see fourth down as a, uh, a, a, a resource that wasn't being exploited. It was something that could be used to get yourself another shot at getting towards the end zone. Uh, and then he brings in Dan Quinn, who has a very similar aggressive stance, which you kind of expect from a defensive coordinator. Uh and, and one thing I love about it is I, I really think that the uh, the defense plays better once the Cowboys get a lead because then they're coming downhill. Uh, but, yeah, this team has been reshaped and remolded, and, and I keep going back to the fact that I think Mike McCarthy came in, and this is the vision he had for the team. Dan, it, uh, sorry, Tom, but th- this is, you know, Tom joked right before we started streaming uh, about you not being Mike McCarthy's biggest fan. Um, right. to, to be clear for everyone, Dan is a fan of Mike McCarthy. I think you took a little bit longer to, to come around to it. Last year was not great. You know, I mean, there was a lot, you know, a lot of uh, necessary, I think, self-reflection from McCarthy and, and co. Um, but your thoughts as somebody who who was not as impressed after his inaugural flight with the Cowboys to, to this point. Um, is he one of the best coaches in the national football league? Is he better than you thought? Like what's, what's the line you're willing to, to give him at this point? Um, yeah, he's better than I thought. Um, yeah, it's taken me a while and I'm, and I still haven't came around with McCarthy. I mean, last year did happen. We can't pretend like it didn't happen. I mean, Cowboys were not just losing games. They were just, they looked terrible. And so, I mean, I think for me, it all just, it's like a moving average and, and the more McCarthy does, it's better. The the better I feel about him. You know, I, I really I don't like taking anything away from the the remarkable coaching staff that we have there all together with with Kellen and and, and Quinn. So, I, you know, I um I I'm trying to enjoy McCarthy. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to do it at the expense of of Jason Garrett. And you know, I I appreciate everything that he did. And there was a lot of successful seasons that we had with him. And I don't like some of the the narratives that sometimes come out when uh, we're just. I guess we're trying to like build, make ourselves feel better um, sure. about, you know, just like if it was uh, if it's Garrett and he's gone, then yeah, you know, everything's going to be great. McCarthy still got to get get us through the playoffs, and if he doesn't, it doesn't mean he's not as good as Garrett. Um, so I mean, it's it's still tough to win in the playoffs. So I just, you know, I'm I'm happy. I, I love the way uh, how aggressive McCarthy is. Uh, I'm I'm very pleased with how things are going. Uh, so I just want to just let's see where this goes. But uh, definitely, um, you know, I, I like McCarthy. You guys were rational and fair, which made the fight really boring, um, if I'm being totally honest. But, you know, hey, that's we're looking for rational and fair at the end of the day. Tony, uh, DeLunatic says, whomever decided to take the ball for us when we won the coin flip instead of deferring statement. I think this caught all of us off guard just a little bit because the Cowboys have become a team that thankfully – uh, now starts to defer when they win the opening coin toss. This was certainly uncharacteristic of that behavior. They said, we won the toss. 
we want the ball. We're going to score like Matt Hasselbeck way back in the day before it blew up in his face, incidentally, against the Green Bay Packers, um, ironically, given Mike McCarthy. Um, do you like that, Tony? I mean, because it was very clear that the Cowboys spent a week feeling sorry for themselves and pledging to have that feeling never happen again. Nine times out of ten, I'm on the I'm on the train of defer. In this situation, I loved it. I mean, it fired me up to see to say, let's take the football. We're gonna run it down their throat. We're gonna jam it down their throat. I'm gonna score seven points, and we're gonna not wait. We're gonna put the last week behind us now. You know, we're not gonna wait another minute. Let's go ahead and just show this team and show this offense, show the league. This is what we're about. This is what we're made of, and it completely set the tone. And it and it to me, it it really showed that. It wasn't lip service all week. Everything they said, they said all the right things. Everybody talked and everybody said the best things. But the actions, you know, matched up with the words. They came out there. They punched them in the mouth. And from that from that point on, it is just like, okay, we're on. We're gone. Denver is over with. And this team is ready to roll. You mentioned the words, the actions. We all said all week long. We said it on the roundtable last week. All this is great. This this atonement, this, you know, accountability saying, you know, and I thought it was I think we all thought it was respectable that they said we we got overconfident. And that was all great if they came out and delivered on Sunday against Atlanta, which they did. So that now corroborates all of that as being true. We're now sort of hindsight justifying everything that they said. Sturch, I'm going to come to you after we play this clip. But, uh, Tony, you mentioned the actions, the words. We found out about something on Monday, the day after the game, um, that seemingly was a part of their actions all week long. Um, I'll just I'll let the clip speak for itself. This is uh, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero on Monday afternoon explaining uh, a rather interesting story. Landry, Mike McCarthy always has different motivational tools that he brings out at specific moments where he feels like you need it during the season. Last year, it was the Gallagher routine, smashing watermelons in a team meeting the night before they beat the Vikings. Well, this past week, coming off that ugly performance against Denver, McCarthy dubbed it R-A-W, meaning red-ass week. In other words, get mad, take it personally, then get out on the field and take it out on the Falcons. To reinforce that message, McCarthy actually had staff going around the locker room and handing out monkey butt. What is monkey butt? I'm glad you asked. It is an anti-chafing powder. It's got a variety of different uses. For instance, if you're sore from, I don't know, getting your butt kicked like they did last week, get yourself some monkey butt. Well, the Cowboys players got a kick out of that. They certainly got the message, went out there and did their thing yesterday against the Falcons. Sturch, uh, I promised I would come to you. Um, is this cheesy? Is it lame? Is it cool? Is it only cool because it worked? How do you um, I mean, this goes back to hard knocks with the mojo moment. And I'm just like, oh, what? what is this? You know, and, and, now, and now, you know, it goes back to last year with the watermelon thing. Um, look, if it works, it's great. If it doesn't work, you look like a fool. You know what I mean? So the fact that this worked and it, you know, again, the the Cowboys were angry, and I like that. I like the whole – that's the part of this I like is the fact that he's get angry, get aggressive, you know, get back to the field and do what you guys are good at doing. And if it takes giving out a, I don't know, a supplement of some sort, which I guess the monkey butt is, uh, then do it. But, again, it worked, so it's it's fine by me. Aiden, do you view this as a challenge, like like, a, like an actual like prop in a serious point or like, um, like a, a soft – way to kind of be humorous about it and just kind of laugh and say look we got destroyed here you go this is what you get he he ha ha now let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons I think it's a serious thing that Mike McCarthy is 
he wants to find a way to motivate this team and he's looks to monkey butt apparently as this is going to be the way to motivate this team. And the reason I think it's serious is because of the way he coached. You saw at the end of the half, Cowboys score oh, a touchdown. Go, go off here, Aiden. Go off. <laughs> they get the penalty. Everybody would have been just fine if you had taken the penalty on kickoff. I don't think anybody was expecting a two-point conversion. He goes for two. They obviously get it. Then what happens in the second half, you're fourth and two at the goal line. At that point, the game was essentially over. I think everybody would have been fine with a field goal. McCarthy then said, no. If you guys want to stop, if you guys want the points to stop, you're going to have to stop it because we're going for it on fourth and two at when the game's practically over. So McCarthy coached like he was mad. He coached like he got a butt whooping. And that's the reason I think it's serious is because he coached like it was serious. Tony, I saw you nodding your head. You look fired up i mean you look like you're really pleased about this um i mean i i think i agree with aiden completely i would i would add to that that i think he coaches like that always it, 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 you know like what i love about that is that that was not a deviation from who he is he is a i've got the bigger toy i'm going to run you over if you don't like it score more than me and if you do okay i'll get some monkey butt but like i i believe in my offense and and if you don't then that sucks for you Aiden hit the nail on the head with me. It's you want to stop us. We ain't going to stop. You know what I mean? You're going to have to stop us. And and this is the national football league league. You, your checks get cleared just like mine do. And we're coming off a game where, you know, a statement was made on us. So we're out here to take it on you. And, and, and don't think for one second that the Dan Quinn factor didn't have a little piece of it too. Right. You know what I mean? The, the defensive starters played a little longer. You know, they, they didn't want them to score a touchdown. I think mission accomplished there. And the offense was coming in there. I mean, Dak's lowering his shoulder in the third quarter of a game that's over. And get him out at that point, right? You proved your point. You flexed on him. Get him out. And then, but, yeah, I mean, I'm fired up. I, You want to put, you want to, you know, I always say it. I tweet it out all the time. Keep a Nike on the neck. This game is not for the faint of heart. We got to go out there and score 40 points, 50 points, whatever it takes. Just do it. Um, I said this on the post game show, Dan. Um, have you ever seen the movie Miracle, Dan? The Disney movie about the the USA hockey team at Lake Placid. Uh, I've seen parts of it. No. There's a there's a part where the United States loses. Sorry. Um, I forget to who uh, in in the moment. I mean, it really happened, but I'm talking about the movie. Um, and the coach it makes them skate laps, and he's he's you know doing he says again, and they're like vomiting, and they're like passing out and fainting, and and he's just like again and again and again, and that that's what Mike McCarthy reminded me of, like more another, just give me another, like you know, I mean, I don't even know what, but when when was the last time you Dan felt like the Cowboys? just kind of sent their message that way. Any game, any game that jumps to mind, the last time they really just kind of put it to a team when they really, really wanted to. Mm, man. These roundtables aren't for the faint of heart either. You guys got to come prepared. I got yeah. one. I got one. Uh, okay, you want to you wanna go, yeah. Sturge, while Dan thinks? Go ahead, Sturge. The last time I saw them score at will and score as many points as humanly possible to make a statement was when they won their first Super Bowl in 92. Uh, out of the back to back years when they beat the brakes off the Bills. That's the, I mean, regular season wise, I, I can't, I mean, look, there's been games that we've racked the, the Giants 35 nothing or something like that. But like, I'm looking at a team that literally went as, you know, if not for Leon Lett, we would have set a Super Bowl record. So, 
Uh, Dan, I would offer, and I don't know if you want to agree with this, um, in 2019, after the Cowboys lost to the Jets, after the, you know, 3-0, then they fell to 3-3, three and three, they came home for the Sunday night game against the Eagles, that was the oh, night that the Dak hip thing um, took off, uh, and they just kind of had their way with them. Um, that, that, was, that, to me, felt like, okay, they're, they're really here to just kind of send a message. Yeah, I mean, the game, the one that I can think of um, is probably, I think it was Detroit in 2016. Oh, um, yes. When Zeke yeah. did the cel- – he did everybody's celebrations. That was so awesome after that long touchdown. That was great. I remember – was that the one that Dez threw the touchdown to Witten? It was. Yeah, I mean, that was one where they were just like – they just t- definitely – you know, Linehan was just pulling out all the stops, and they just wanted to, mm-hmm. to annihilate them. So um, I think that's the last time I can remember. When I really- think before Tua, that was the last touchdown thrown by a left-handed person um, in the NFL. I could be wrong, but uh, at least it was close. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to our Super Chatter. None of you will get this, but Eli Perkins, uh, thank you for the Super Chat round of applause from all of us here. Um, this is a reference, um, in case anybody's unaware. Uh, Eli says, by the way, cocktail sauce is for cold shrimp only. Um, I said on the 750 on our podcast network with Tony Casillas, I told a story. My wife and I uh, had shrimp for dinner on Monday night. And we went to the store ahead of time and she said she was going to buy um, cocktail sauce. And I said, why? Because we were eating like broiled shrimp. And she said, for the shrimp. And I said, you can only eat cocktail sauce with cold shrimp, like a, like a shrimp cocktail. And she was like, no, you can eat it with any kind of shrimp, like fried shrimp and whatever. I thought that was disgusting. I mean, she's the woman I love, the mother of our child soon to be, but me. Not a, not a great moment for her, um, needless <laughs> to say. But but thank you, Eli, for agreeing uh, with me. And sh- thank you for the super chat. Uh, really do appreciate that. Um, Tom, um, your thoughts on Kellen Moore. Um, obviously, Dan shouted him out a moment ago. But specifically, Tom, the relationship between he and Dak Prescott. Oh, my God. Hand in glove. You know, Who's who this, and why? Th- th- this will... Moore has the creativity and the innovation to write the checks, and Dak has the talent and ability and intelligence to cash them. And mm. just they are really pinky in the brain. Yeah, it's well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, beyond Tom. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just no. I look. I, I I hope they go for world domination, at least in football. But you know, nice I, I, Tom. Well done. Wow. Just wow. to prove yeah. I know about I know what thinking <laughs> the brain's about. Uh but the uh you know Dak is just he's flowering. And I keep I keep thinking of something I heard, you know, talking about another team, uh, that Mac Jones landed in the perfect system for him. Whereas Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance, you know, they didn't. And look who's flourishing. Dak is in a perfect system because he can do so much. He is uh, able to create, to, to, to move, make some throws, uh, you know, like that great pass to C.D. Lamb where he threw a pinpoint pass while C.D. was still breaking into his turn and getting through traffic. And Moore is willing you know, to this, to Kellen Moore, it's just a bigger and bigger toolbox. And he just keeps reaching in deeper and deeper. I mean, you have to love what he's done with Connor McGovern, turning him into the world's biggest fullback right now. Uh, I love the trick play they tried. Even if it didn't succeed, 
He just put that in the mind of every defensive coordinator that's going to have to face the Cowboys. It's one more wrinkle. And every game he seems to roll out something, and I think it's just to mess with people's minds. Sturge, you had something to say. Yeah, it's it's actually something that me and my dad discussed when they ran that trick play. It was almost like, why would you show that now? You know, the, the game was in hand, and then they ran the trick play. It's like, if that was something that's that could be a special play, why would you show that in a game that was like a runaway? I mean, that's his that's his runaway play, Sturge. Like, think about yeah, the yeah. ones that he's saving. I mean, um, I agree with everything you both said. To me, it reminds me of the relationship um, between, like, Harry Potter and Voldemort. Like, how Harry Potter, like, inherited all these powers from Voldemort when, when Voldemort tried to kill them when he was a little baby. So he, like, inherited all these, like, you know, powers that, like, a normal wizard wouldn't have, and he was just this super wizard. And that's Dak. Like, Dak has the courage and the bravery that Harry had on his own instilled with him the, like, intellect from Voldemort and, and, and whatnot. Um, speaking of supreme intellect aiden you worked up something on this subject people can read about it at bloggingtheboys.com see the graphic there obviously if they're watching right now they can see the graphic we're about to put on the screen i say this right now because if you're listening to the podcast we're about to put a graphic on the screen so you can't see it aiden's still going to describe it in a perfect way uh it's on social media it's everywhere please go look at it because it will make perfect sense with everything he's saying our producer by the way saying that that's not how harry potter works you're all wrong the analogy was perfect nobody hate on it but aiden please let us know what we're looking at right now so what we're looking at is two measures of offense offensive success it's efficiency meaning how easily do you move down the field how easily do you convert series and then how do you finish the drives how many points are you scoring when you inevitably get down in the red zone when you get to the end what we're seeing from Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott right now is incredible efficiency in terms of the offensive yards per play over the last three years. So this is a very large sample size, and we're only taking into account the games where Kellen Moore and Dak are both involved. So over the last three years, they have been more efficient than every team in the NFL, and it's not particularly close. They're hovering around 6.4-ish yards per play. The next best team is the Chiefs, and they're just above six. So the Cowboys are incredibly efficient, but the key is is that they're scoring points as well. They're a top three team. When they get to the red zone, they're scoring points. Now, obviously, the red zone, uh, we've discussed the red zone efficiency before. It's not perfect, but they're getting to the red zone so frequently that it's not mattering. They're scoring points at will. Now, one thing that's not included on this graph, that graphic that I want to touch on the Cowboys have the 11th lowest average drive time their average drives take around two minutes and 40 seconds which is the 11th lowest in the NFL the other teams that are around around the Cowboys in that metric are teams like the Jets the Lions the football team the um the Jaguars just bottom tier offenses Cowboys are getting down to the red zone fast scoring point and they're doing it by essentially taking no time off the clock now maybe that's not great for our defense but what they're doing is incredible they're moving literally at will is what we're seeing so far from Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott over the entire span of Kellen Moore's tenure again to reiterate Aiden's point uh if you're watching or if you're you know listening to the podcast you pulled the graphic up these games this sample is from 2019 to this point when Kellen Moore took over as offensive coordinator again though excluding the games that Dak Prescott was not a part of obviously that's a huge chunk of 2020 but we wanted to look specifically at the relationship between this quarterback 
this offensive coordinator. Dan, uh, you're an astute individual. What is your takeaway here um, beyond being wildly impressed? Dan, you're muted. Um, maybe you're still stuck on my Voldemort analogy. I know it was impressive. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, I am. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I, uh, um, I, you know what? I mean, we've talked about this already, and I just think the the Prescott-Moore combo is is just remarkable. I mean, it's re- it's been a long time, and I, I was I just looked this up since the Cowboys actually led the led the league in scoring. You have to go back to to 1980, and you know none of you know Jimmy's teams never did that, and uh, so it's just I don't know it's. It's great um, when not only that we have a, a real a good offense, but like the best offense. Because when you have a top ten defense to go with it, then you can do special things. And um, I just love it. I love seeing those two. I mean, I just I wish Kellen Moore was here forever. I wish he, his con- Dax contract was Kellen's contract, and they were just gonna stay together forever. Um, because it's just really it's fun to watch, and that means just the results you know speak for themselves. My advice to you, Dan, would be uh, the wise words of one Andy Bernard. Um, you know, he, he wished that he knew that he was in the good old days before he left them. These are the good old days. All right. So you now know before we're leaving them. Uh, so heads up there. I believe Blue 365 says Aiden is my spirit animal. So in addition to being the professor, Aiden, you now have a new nickname. Uh, Aiden, speaking of new, we have another graphic to share here about how clutch the combination of Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore are. The floor is yours. So this is, we use the same measure of efficiency, offensive yards per play, just discussed it. The Cowboys are dominating. But what's also impressive about Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott is they found a way to finish games at an incredible rate. So point differential in fourth quarter alone, the Cowboys are ahead of every team in the NFL over the last three years. um, And they're just right ahead of New England. So that means that over the last three years, the Cowboys have, by far and away, blown out the NFL in offensive yards per play, and they're first in point differential in the fourth quarter. Now, a lot of people have pointed out point differential in the fourth quarter it gets to be a weird metric because sometimes, like it happened a couple times in 2020, where Cowboys were down a lot, they needed to score. Maybe the defense was playing a little bit preventative. But even like last week only... against Denver, as, as an example of that point, Aiden. Ex- yeah, exactly. But I mean. You have those five games in 2020, maybe. Yeah, you throw in the Denver game. But instead of that, the Cowboys have been competitive in pretty much every other game they've played in the, over the last three years. So it's not like we're coming back from behind. It's not We're not the Jets or the Lions. We're not always coming from behind in the fourth quarter. They have found a way to get it done, and they turn it up in the fourth quarter. By far and away, the differential in the fourth quarter is their best quarter. I think the second best is the third quarter, and that's only at like plus 31. We're at plus 120 in the fourth quarter. That seems pretty good. Tom, your takeaways here. Well, my takeaway for this is, you know, we're looking at a possible shootout this this weekend uh, because obviously, you know, the Chiefs in some in, in, on at least one axis of the second best in the league with the Cowboys being the best. But that actually fills me with a lot of optimism because right now the Cowboys defense is on fire while the Chiefs defense is kind of sitting in a puddle getting their underwear wet. So I am 
I think analogy. this is going to be a great matchup because all the Cowboys have to do is slow uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs down and just let Dak cook. And I think after we saw how they came out last weekend, I don't think they're going to be eating the cheese anymore. I think, you know, to borrow from Mike, I believe that this is this is going to be a team that going forward is going to keep that killer instinct. And, uh, you know, I just think that they're set up. Um, I did hear today that somebody was talking about the fact that you look at the the next three games where they're into that infamous, you know, three games in 12 days stretch that the Cowboys have every year around Thanksgiving. By the time they get done with those three games, we're going to know just about everything we could ever want to know about the Cowboys. And the rest of the, uh, the rest of the season is likely to just kind of be reaffirming whatever we see, if you will. But I, I just think that this is, you know, this is where they start what could be a very important stretch. And I really feel good about this. Of course, I felt good about the Broncos game going in too. So, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'll have to see what happens in the end. Um, I do want to say uh, it grinds my gears every year when people complain about the three games in 12 days stretch. Every team goes through this. Um, mm-hmm. Just every team does this when they go from Sunday to Sunday to Thursday. So the, the real issue is actually four games in 19 days because you're talking about back Sundays back to back and then Thursdays back to back. That's the real issue. But every team goes through the three games in 12 days thing. So uh, that's just, you know, my little soapbox. Um, Sturge, I want to start uh, a different conversation with you uh, because you're the like, want to pound my chest guy. I want to beat everybody. I want to smash everybody. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I think it's fair to say all that, obviously. But I also think it's fair to say if the Cowboys lose on Sunday, everybody will freak out. It's a non-conference team. You know, it's a really great team. Maybe it will be disappointing. But all that being said, Serge, not to say, you know, I'm in for the Cowboys to lose or anything. One to ten. How important is the Kansas City game in the overall picture? Um, I think from like an actual standings point, it's, it's like a, it's like a, a two or a three, you know what I mean? But like from a, from a feel perspective, if the Cowboys go out there and get the job done and they keep their spot, at least at three right now, given, you know, we'll find out what green Bay does. We'll find out, you know, what, uh, what, uh, wow. Can't even think of it. anyway, the, the other two teams are ahead of them. <laughs> I'm thinking like drawing a blank here, Arizona, yeah, Arizona, uh, right. obviously it's and... funny. Cause I, I don't even consider it's weird. I, I have a feel like I have a weird feeling about Arizona. They're going to just start going like this, but that's just me. Um, But anyway, you know, from a standings perspective, I don't think, you know, getting a third loss right now will not 
eliminate you from the conversation of that one seed. I don't think it does, right? And if being an AFC game, I don't think it even matters towards that regard. But again, if they can go out there and and go shot for shot with with one of the best in the world to do it, I don't care what people have said about Patrick Mahomes. He kind of got back to his old self this past Monday. So, you know, people or Sunday night, um, people are um, starting to believe in him again. So if we can go toe-to-toe with him, this is very Brady-esque from what we did in the beginning of the season. You know, like we all – I at least looked at it like a moral loss. If we lose to the Chiefs in a shootout, you know, I picked them to lose against the Chiefs when the season started. You know what I mean? So rolling or not, you know, the the, the playoff impact, it, it really won't. It, it's not – I'm not concerned at all. So do you have a, do you have a numerical answer? That was the question, Stretch. All the commenters are, are obeying the rules except I mean, for you. Did you not hear me say two? <laughs> okay. Well, so two. I mean, but then you said a lot of stuff, so I didn't know exactly what, you know. <laughs> I like the did, back did, that, up with did the explanation change the two? I mean, so you – okay. No, Stretch, no, Stretch dropped a deuce. Uh, let's go counterclockwise here. Uh, Dan, uh, one to ten, how important is this game in the overall picture? This is the biggest game of the year. I'm Look giving it a ten. We got, we got mm-hmm. Fight. Fight. Go ahead. I mean, up until the Arizona game, which we, they may be going down by then, we'll see. Uh, but this is this is the biggest game of the year. I mean, not only in the sense of it's super important to just stay ahead with the with the seeding, um, because any loss will be crushing, you know, when you're dealing with all all four of these teams winning games. So, but to beat another Super Bowl team, you know, or you know, we didn't we didn't beat Tampa Bay, so that was that was disappointing. So here we have a chance to beat Kansas City, and Kansas City is still a good team. And so I think this would send a, a great message. I agree with Sturch, the message that it would send to come out there and just keep firing. Um, I think it's important on a couple different levels, just record-wise, but also just saying, hey, we're the best team in the NFL. I think that's well said, Dan. Uh, I believe Blue 365, I think, um, summarized your point in, in three words in this comment. Eight for affirmation. That's what this is about, right? This isn't like necessary, but it would go a long way. Aiden, one to 10. I'd say four because I oh, know what we the are offense. all over the place. Let's go. This is a, <laughs> I know what the, a charcuterie board of answers. Just because I know what the offense is going to be. They should be able to move on the Kansas City defense. I know that the defense has looked a little bit improved over the last few weeks, but I'm not worried about attacking this. I'm really interested to see what our defense is going to be able to do against Patrick Mahomes. This is, I know we play Kyler Murray's best quarterback we're going to face this year. I just really want to know, can we contain a powerhouse offense like the Chiefs? The Chiefs still have that type of offense. And so what happens? Do that, great. If not, well, then how does it look? So I, I essentially just using this as a great test for our defense. So I'd say it's a four. Antonio. You stole my number. Um, you know, four from me, and it's and it's typically just for, you know, the way I look at it is, if I'm gonna, you know, if they come out with a win here, I'm gonna feel really good about this game. You know, I'm like, wow, we went into Kansas City. You know, it's got a it's got a big atmosphere. You know, the fans are gonna be crazy. It's Tell already you, you're, you're gonna be the person that's like, if the Cowboys and you're gonna be like, what a win! We took down the two time AFC champions. But if they lose, you're like. Pfft. This game was meaningless, guys. Like, I mean, you know. legitimately, <laughs> That's where I'm at. I mean, le- legitimately, pretty close to that, RJ, because <laughs> you know, a loss in the grand scheme. I mean, you know, Dave kind of said it, summed it up. It's, 
I mean, yeah, it's an AFC opponent. It's a team that is, you know, a quality opponent. I don't care what the records say. They they can get hot at any moment and looks like they might be turning the corner. Um, you go in there, you give your best shot. You see how you stack up there. Um, a big win. I think a win is going to say a lot more about this team than a loss would. Hmm, that might be the go. best statement said. There I forgot go. to keep track of scores for the other questions. So as far as my recollection, Sturch is the only one with a point, but Tony's in contention for this one. Tom, uh, we've got a two, we've got a four, we've got, a, I don't know what number of yours was, Tony. I know you said that someone stole your thunder. Okay, we got two fours, a two, and an eight. Uh, Stephen White adds, Tom, we win, we get the keys, we get to be in control. And so I guess it depends, because I agree with this, how you value that, Tom. Well, let me just preface, preface this with, with saying, until the seating within the NFC is locked up, I look at everyone as a 10. They, look, how we, look how the reaction was after the Broncos game. It was doom and gloom. It was The season was over. Yeah, but it's the uh, way they lost, Tom. Yeah, I – I don't care, you know. Because, it was a ten after the Bucks game too. You know, I, I want to see them go in on every every game. I don't care if it's a contender for getting into the AFC Championship game, or or if somehow the New York Jets can suddenly crop up on the schedule. Go out, win them, and preferably win them just like they did last Sunday by stomping the other team down, declaring your intentions, having the killer instinct from start to finish. Because I want this team to get on a roll. I want other teams to look at this Dallas Cowboys team and kind of feel moisture in their crotch. I want them to be a Second afraid. time we've gotten a reference like that. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, agree I am not you. rooting for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, uh, all... Um, Reel, reel it in, RJ. Reel it all. All, all, all excretion aside, um, you know, I would love to give a point out here, but I can't. I, I think this was a team effort. Um, by the way, Burmese Stars says, whoa, what? Uh, so thank you, Tom, for um, sending us there. Uh, I can't give a full point out because this was a team effort. So I give three-fourths of a point to Tom. And the other quarter point to Dan. I think you guys really nailed it together. Dan, you started it, you know. Dan, you got the interception. Tom took over on offense and, and took it to the end zone. Uh, so Sturge has a full point. Tom, you got three quarters of a point. Uh, Dan, you got a quarter point. Uh, Tony, you've lost a point just because I forgot to um, to keep track of elsewhere. So you, you're on the receiving five, end of Tom. that. Um, <laughs> so uh, well done. Um, I said this elsewhere. Um, I said this on the SB Nation NFL show as well. I think this game, and this, to be clear, I don't think anyone values this as much as they, they do the Cowboys getting the one seed or all the long-term goals we have in mind. This is going to be one of the most viewed games at the end of the season. At the end of the year, when they release the graphic that's the most viewed games across all networks, this might be Fox's top game of the year. And that's that's the reality. It's a Sunday before Thanksgiving. It's going to be America's game of the week. You're going to have Buck, Troy, Aaron Andrews. going to be all over the place. It's going to be massive. There's going to be a ton of eyeballs here. And again, I realize this is not the end goal, but this is something we all want. We all covet. The reality of things like MVP is that they are extremely narrative-driven. You, you have to be a really good player, generally a really good quarterback on a really good team, and you have to have some signature moments. 
this is the moment that Dak Prescott can win MVP. If Dak Prescott goes out and wins with authority, there's a lot of football left, but obviously I think we all agree this is the toughest remaining opponent for the Cowboys. This is the game that will be in everyone's mind. You know, we all – look, we all keep tabs on the Cowboys. That We all haven't watched every single game of every other team. We all have some preconceived notions that have been generated in our minds off of other players off of other players on other teams because we've seen them on Thursday night football or Sunday night football, whatever the case may be. And that's what this game will be for the Cowboys, for Dak, for Mike McCarthy. If they flounder, if they're low in the moment, the talk will be really, really, really bad about them. But if they are epic, I mean, it's um, it can go a long way. Aiden, do you agree? I hesitate to agree just because I wrong. think this <laughs> this I think this game is lose lose for the Cowboys in Ooh. that if the Cowboys go out there and they dominate the Chiefs, everybody's the narrative's not going to be man the Cowboys are dangerous. The narrative's going to be well, same old twenty twenty Chiefs showing up against the Cowboys. That's not the this season's completely downhill for the Chiefs, but if the Chiefs beat the Cowboys, it's all going to be Patrick Mahomes is back at two weeks in a row. He's established himself. So I'm just worried that those are the two narratives that comes out of this game. That's fair. Um, way to ruin the party. Um, Aiden, no big deal, uh, I guess. Uh, Tony, uh, an opportunity to save this. This is a two-point question, two-point point, really, <laughs> uh, if you can make a great case. Um Give it up for Anthony Brown. Go ahead, Tony. Do your best. I mean, this is my guy. I, I think I've been singing his praises that he's been a victim of a narrative for a while now. Um, I think everybody had that really bad taste in the first week uh, against Ant- and you know Antonio Brown, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, they do that to you. You know, sometimes it'd be like that. Um, but ever since that moment, since week two, one, Anthony Brown has been the quiet cornerback on the side of Trayvon Diggs, who has just gone out there and done his job, done his job at a quality level. Now, is he a Pro Bowl player? He's not. Is he an All-Pro player? He's not. At the end of the day, I mean, he's playing quality football. And I don't know what more you could ask for or want from, you know, the other guy on the other side, unless you're looking for, you know, Calvin Joseph to be the next, you know, big guy out there. But um, I'm I'm Team Anthony Brown, and I've been Team Anthony Brown for a couple, you know, a couple months now, and I'm glad to see that the narrative is changing a little bit on him. Only a point. Not enough, um, if I'm being honest with you. Sturch, do you have any passionate thoughts on Anthony Brown? Because I feel like I'll, I'll own up to this. I didn't think Anthony Brown was very good. We all, when when Maurice Kennedy had the pick on Matthew Stafford in, in training camp during the scrimmage, it's boom. There, that's it. Get Anthony Brown off the field. Do you owe Anthony apology, Sturch? Have you been singing his songs along with Tony all, all season long? Like, where are you at here on this scale? Uh, i tell you right now, after week one, I was ready to just cut him right then and there. <laughs> um, I was just like, enough of this. The experiment's over. He's not Trayvon Diggs. This and that and the third. Um, I, I've rode him pretty hard, and I don't want to – I don't want to sit here and, and, you know, give you guys any kind of lies or false thing. Yeah, I, I've definitely been hard on Anthony Brown. He's collectively, collectively as a unit last week, that secondary all balled out. Every single one of them, Jordan Lewis, Brown, Diggs, everybody did great. Curse laying the wood. You know, the, these guys are playing as a unit. Um, it just so happens that he's playing on a successful defense right now. So it's hard for us to sit there and be like, well, you know, the glaring hole is still at opposite of Trayvon Diggs. If the problem is Trayvon Diggs has gotten so much attention, being that he has eight picks in nine games, that because Anthony Brown is not named Trayvon Diggs, he's not going to be, he's not living up to that potential. That that's that's bottom line for me. 
and and potential is obviously relative. I really yeah. like this comment from Kevin here. It says Brown is playing quality football with a low cap hit. You have to have guys like Absolutely. that. And that's that's what's really helping this Cowboys team. Aiden, you were hard at work this week. You have whipped this up again for the podcast audience. Be uh, please be sure to check out uh blog of the boys social media and blog of the boys.com. Aiden, defend Anthony Brown for the non-believers like Tony Catalina. The most impressive thing that we've seen from Anthony Brown over the last five weeks has been his improvement in just consistently staying in coverage. So over the first four weeks, you'd have those plays where yet Antonio Brown would get free and it looked like literally nobody was covering him because Anthony Brown was so far behind. But what we've seen is he's consistently staying on guys. So over the first four weeks, he was allowed on 36 targets, he allowed 24 receptions. Over the last five weeks, he's now gotten to the point where people aren't targeting him, A, because they realize that he's on his guy. And so he's only gotten 28 targets over the last five weeks, and he's allowed 12 receptions on them. And the result of that is not only a lower reception percentage, a lower, more interceptions, more pass breakups, but he's bringing guys down quicker after the catch. So he's not allowing yards after the catch. Through the four weeks, 40% of Anthony Brown's receiving yards came after the catch. Now it's only around 20% because he's on his guys. He's ready to make the play. Even when the receiver catches the ball, he's there to break down. And the result of that is over the four weeks, he allowed a passer rating of 103.6. Over the last five, it's at 38.4. So what you're seeing is just night and day improvement from Anthony Brown. and it's elevated this entire secondary because you no longer have that weak guy, that cornerback that you can pick on. I think that's well said. Dan, I have a very hard question coming for you in just a moment, but before we get there, Tom, um, would you say that Anthony Brown sort of represents the floor of the Cowboys defense and his rise has helped lead to the overall higher level of sustainability from them? No, I, I would say right now the floor might be defensive tackle. Because, uh, you know, Osi Adigazua has been really good. But outside of that, they've been kind of having a little trouble, especially after Brett Urban got hurt. Uh, you know, Tristan Hill came back. He didn't make a big splash, but he may have kind of helped stabilize things there. So I kind of think that's the floor. And that partly, though, that's because since the first couple of weeks, Anthony Brown has been on a steady rise. If you were watching the stats and watching how things were going for him, he was improving very early on this season and has just kept it up. And now you've got this wonderful combination of a guy that can kind of shut down your num- the other team's number two receiver, uh, a guy who can kind of shut down who's, whoever lines up in the slot, and the ball hawk who's going to go out there and, and have a shot at getting a pick almost every play. I like this cornerback room right now. Well said, Tom. Um, Okay, last topic for the day. It's a difficult one. It is the surprise topic, and there are five points up for grabs. Uh, So heads up to all of you. Um, We're going to go Dan, Tony, Aiden, Sturge, Tom. That's our order here. Uh, So be ready to defend your particular point. Now, and we're also, you know, hey, I'm not opposed to picking a winner of the day from the comment section. If you're watching along live, beat these losers. Anyway, not losers. Fine, gentlemen. Uh, Anyway, 
the current NFC playoff picture at the culmination of Week 10, gentlemen, in order uh, from our one seed through our seven seed is the Green Bay Packers, the Arizona Cardinals, our Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams currently own the top wildcard spot, the New Orleans Saints right behind them, and the Carolina Panthers uh, with an extra comma there because I messed up typing it, uh, are number seven. If the playoffs started today, the Cowboys would host the Saints in the wild card round. The teams that are in the hunt, so to speak, right now, you've got the Minnesota Vikings hanging out. You technically have the Atlanta Falcons hanging out. Technically have the San Francisco 49ers hanging out, especially after what happened on Monday Night Football. By the way, huge week for the Cowboys in that, obviously, they won. They got losses by the Buccaneers, by the Cardinals. Even, you know, the Rams losing is certainly helpful for them in the overall picture here. But, Dan, one team that I did not mention among the contenders uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles, who got a win themselves. By the way, all three uh, Phillies' prospective first-round picks in 2022 dropped in stock uh, this past week. There is a world, Dan, because if you look at the Eagles' schedule, we're not going to put it up here, it's not that tough. The Eagles don't exactly have a, a murderer's row left between them and the rest, the rest of the regular season. There is a world where the Eagles are in the mix with all the teams that we mentioned in the hunt, and we get to Week 18, and that game where the Cowboys are in Philadelphia is meaningless for Dallas. Depending on what that is, maybe they're locked in as a two-seat or the three-seat, whatever. There is a world where that is meaningless for them. And so the hypothetical I am weaving is that Week 18 game for Dallas at Philadelphia is meaningless for the Cowboys, but a win-and-in situation for the Eagles as the seven-seed third wild card. Let's say, Dan, that the Cowboys were the team, the two-seed that would host the Eagles the next week. So if you're the Cowboys, you play to win, you keep the Eagles out. You lose by playing your backups or whatever, the Eagles come to AT&T Stadium one week later for Wild Card Weekend. How do you approach that? Uh, you rest players. You rest players. I, I want to yeah. make sure you didn't say best players. So no, you, re sure. you rest players. So this is, so it's funny that you, you bring this up because I've been kind of you know, look at what, well, you know, watching them and thinking, man, I really don't want to see the Eagles sneak in and have the Cowboys play them in the first round. And then that would just be a terrible way to end this, you know, because the Eagles oh, have a good would, defense. It would, it would ruin all of this. Yeah, it, it would, would ruin everything. <laughs> the whole thing would just be, yeah. And the Eagles have a good defense, you know, and they've been playing well. Hertz is, you know, he's got some wild card factor in him. Um, so I really, do, I don't want to see the Eagles. I just would rather them, Win enough to to mess up their draft pick, but just just miss the playoffs. But to, to your question is, you got to protect the health of your players. I mean, I I don't know how McCarthy handles this. Um, you know how we know how Garrett did, like he prepared, you know, and everybody was like going to play, and sometimes he would play them for a while. But um, yeah, I'm not. You know, there's already 17 games already. I'm I'm resting players. So just let the Eagles have it. Okay, so Dan is team rest. Um, Jason Garrett, Most, if we're looking at recent examples, uh, 2014 Cowboys Week 17 were in Washington, played everybody, great game for Romo, Dez, good times. 2016, when they had the one seed locked up, they played Dak for a series, Romo's last game, hit Terrence Williams for a touchdown, had some fun. The Eagles technically won that game. Dallas did win in 2014, just to be clear. And then in 2018, Jason Garrett rested Zeke, but played Dak, and that was – if not for the way that game ended with Dak Prescott hitting Cole Beasley in the back of the end zone for the game-winning touchdown, they could have could have affected the confidence the Cowboys had the following week in the wild card round against the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, we don't know. They won that week 17 game and the playoff game. But, uh, Dan, your team rest. Our commenters are really all 
team take the Eagles out. Tony, you were up next. Kevin says knocking the Eagles out of the playoffs would not be a meaningless game. So Kevin is now assigning meaning to that week 18 game. Hypothetically, Tony, remember this is an Eagles team that fixed the NFC East by throwing the last game of last year. Tony. Take the emotion out of it. You do what's best for you and your team. You know, if, if you think, you know, Mike McCarthy, I mean, we got a long way to go before we get to that to that week, right? You look at the health of your team, you look at the way your team is playing, and you make a decision that's best for you in that moment. You, who cares about the rivalry? You know, if you're scared I think the, of the I think e- the answer to who cares, though, is the next week cares. Like, that's that's what cares about this. Well, so at the end of the day, so if – all right, so if you rest them, they win, and you play them next week – are we afraid? You know what I mean? I'm Hell not yeah, we're afraid. It's I'm not, you know, I'm not like uh, afraid of admitting that I'm afraid. Like I am so, to, so, to Dan's point that that it would be one of the worst ends to a season of all time to have this year where we have danced around the NFC East all year long just to be embarrassed like that in the wild card round. I thought I was chicken little. <laughs> so I, you know, the way on, I look- on this subject, I am king of the chickens. So my thing is, we we've talked about all week. Let's try to avoid uh, try to avoid the NFC West uh, wild card, right? So if you're telling me we're sitting there, a team that we've already you know put a beat down on, a team that we know we can beat, a team that we're gonna we're very familiar with, and you're you're saying okay, this would be best for our team if we rest them here. I don't care that the Eagles are you know the hated rival. I would love in every other scenario to make sure they're not in the playoffs. But if I gotta affect my team, you know, let's say we out there to to knock the Eagles out of the playoffs, Dak gets hurt and he's out of the wild card game, then your worst nightmare comes true. So at the end of the day, worry about what is most important for you. And if you gotta see the Eagles again next week, just put it on them. Just put it on them. I mean, if if we're gonna play the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs, I like that better than some of the other options. Tony had some penne vodka today, Sturge. I mean, feeling feeling nice and tall. Um, I I get that. Aiden, you're up next, and let's be clear: the the like Nirvana is you play Cooper Rush and in Corey Clement, and you beat him, and you know that's Nirvana. We all can agree with this here. Obviously, the most terrifying idea is you say we're gonna stand in their way, we're gonna do everything we can to stop them, and you still lose. That would be terrifying going into week or the wild card round. So. All factors considered, Aiden, how do you feel? We've got two team rests, five points up for grabs here. Yeah, I'm also on team rests. I I wish, yeah, I wish <laughs> it could be. At least, yeah, Sturch, it seems like you'll have something more. But I see if you rest your players, I see there's three benefits. A, you obviously, we've talked about this, you get the extra back, Zeke, Cooper, Lamp, they all get the extra week of rest going into the playoff game. And sorry, and just to interrupt you here, we're obviously operating under the presumption here that the Cowboys are not the one seed. So you can you can yeah. create your own buy here is is the advantage that you, Dan, and Tony are all talking about as well. But just to, to note that, go ahead. Yeah, so you get that rest. Number two is the Eagles then get a worse draft pick. And I think that's kind of flying under the radar because cover your ears, but Jalen Hurts is actually looking okay and I don't want them to have three picks inside the top 12 and a potential franchise quarterback. Now, obviously, there's that sounds a little bit hypothetical. Why would you then want to play Jalen Hurts in the next round? But I see it as number three. If you can't beat the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs, you're mm. not beating the Rams. You're not beating the Bucks. You're not beating the Cardinals. You're going to have to take care of an okay team in the round. And if you can't do it against Jalen Hurts, you're not beating Brady. 
that might be the best point that anyone has raised so far. Um, so we got an early contender for uh, for our five point value. Now I do want to stretch before I get to you. Burmese Star says the team that goes for two to go up thirty six to three instead of thirty five to three definitely slaps the taste out of a division rival's mouth just to say they did bully ball. The only thing I would come back to this with Burmese Star is the reason Mike McCarthy went for two had nothing to do with proving a point to the Atlanta Falcons. As Aiden mentioned when he talked about that, there was the 12 men on the field penalty on the Falcons. The the book says to go for two in that moment. It's just the the more sound decision, and Mike McCarthy leans on that, as we've seen over his year and a half as the Cowboys head coach. Um, but I agree that he's certainly about you know flexing his muscle, uh, as we've seen over the last week. Sturch, you are diametrically opposed to your three counterparts here. It would seem I'm anxious to hear what Tom has to say. Uh, to set you up, Sturge, Kevin says, you don't want to give the Eagles hope they can win bef- the, week bef- the week before you play them again. I started this podcast tonight by saying that I wasn't satisfied, right? Like, even with a win, 43-3, to three, I wasn't satisfied. This, this particular show that I love being a part of, a couple weeks back, you asked a question, when is it time to start rooting for the Eagles and the Washington football team and the Giants to start We did it last teams? week, to be fair, and it worked. Washington won. It's, Shout out no, to them. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is the Philadelphia Eagles we're talking about here, okay? Yes. Did we beat the brakes off the Eagles in Dallas? Yes. Wonderfully. That's great, right? That game also had the, had me on the edge of my seat until it got laughable, right? So the Eagles are always going to play the Cowboys tough. Why in what world do you want to rest all your starters in week 18 have the red hot eagles who have to be red hot technically to make the playoffs right they have to that's a fair point they have to be winning games going into that then they win another game do you really want to go into a world where dallas who have infamously broke our hearts in at&t stadium in the playoffs to face jalen hurts and all these high-flying like no no you put your foot on the throat and you end the Eagles' misery. Stop with the whole, oh, well, you know, they might get a couple better draft picks. When have they ever cashed in on a draft pick in the last five years? Devontae they Smith. They, they fumbled. Now, the, right, one. Okay, cool, one. I mean, Congrats. that's the most recent one, I mean, well, to be that, fair. That, they fumbled draft picks left and right. Stop worrying about everybody else. Control your own. Go into that last game. And this is all hypotheticals. Obviously, you know, we'll find out where we are in that last game. We might be playing for a two-seed. We might be playing for a three seed. The the hypotheticals are all over the place, but this is the Philadelphia Eagles. You stomp on them. You stomp them out, and you end their season, and then you ride into the first round of the playoffs as a home team, and you take your chances with whoever else because whoever is there probably deserves to be there. The Eagles do not deserve to be there. We have a reason to put them out. Don't rest your players. You want to rest guys? You want to rest guys that are banged up like a Tyron Smith or let's just say Zeke is a little hobbled and you want to go with Pollard that game? Fine. But you don't sit there and say, hey, Dak, take the week off. Let the division rival into the playoffs because we're sure we could beat them next week. Stop. Stop. Tom, no. I'll get to you in a moment. Uh, but Sturge, I do want to ask. So because you're the only person who has has been of this mindset so far on the roundtable. What and, and AJ Torres, by the way, says thank you, Dave, on point. The commenters really agree with you, Sturch. So you, you're oh, a man, man of the people. Um, but Sturch, again, we're we're living in hypotheticals here. So I realize sure. I'm I'm building hypothetical off hypothetical off hypothetical. Um, say you do that, say you go your route, say that's the mentality. You slap the monkey butt around, you say, We're here to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, keep them out of the playoffs, and you lose. And and then you gotta play them next week. Do you like was it was it worth that risk to you? That's a that's a really good point, right? So, ready for this? If they play and they come out flat, the last time Dallas Cowboys came out flat was against the Broncos. Oh, you know what? Maybe, 
stretch, you've just kind of edited this. And I mean, like, the definition of at the new um, black coding. Um, you, 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 and you have the monkey butt week the following week against the Eagles. Um, that's that's an interesting. interesting um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I have to save you for life because you're incredibly thoughtful and incredibly <laughs> handsome. For being honest, um, and you know, so many people are looking forward to this Arizona Cardinals game in Week 17. I actually think, and again, we're living in hypotheticals. There's a world where the result, specifically a Cowboys win, uh, serves you know to create this you know sort of paradox that we're describing here. Because if the Cowboys beat the Arizona Cardinals. That could effectively lock in their playoff position, whatever that winds up being contingent upon how the Packers fare. I personally think the Packers are losing their next two games. They have the Vikings on Sunday and the Rams next week. But again, lots of moving parts to happen here. But ironically, that Cardinals game could serve, if you want to say, to their detriment again. And then it creates this uh, this Kobayashi Maru, so to speak. But Tom, your thoughts? How do you handle this? Five points are on the line here. That's a truly valuable thing, Tom. Well, are, are we assuming that the Cowboys are locked into a certain playoff scene? Because that that's the entire premise of the hypothetical. Yeah, so. and, and we're assuming that the Eagles are hovering on the edge of making the playoffs, right? Correct. Yeah. I will just fall back on saying that there's two things that I'm going to think about. One, the NFL has been drunk all season, and weird things are happening this year. So, you know, that's a great argument for for going ahead and playing the game to win with your best players. Howsomever, what do you do if you go out there with your starters in a game that really just means whether or not the Eagles get to go in and probably get mud stomped in the first round of the playoffs and you lose a Dak, you lose a Zeke, Um. you lose a CD, you lose a Trayvon, you know, I just – I out in front of a bus and it hits you on the way out. Yeah, but you're dead. Yeah, but the Eagles, you know, do you trust them not to take a cheap shot in a situation like that? That's another variable that we're having to introduce here. What a great question by me. Good job, me. I should (laughs) give yourself all the points, RJ. (laughs) So yeah, I I am going first off. I I don't think it's going to be that way. I think they're going to be pretty well sorted out. That's not fun. That's not fun. <laughs> yeah. He's taking but, the high road here. <laughs> but I'm I'm going to lean on protecting my stars. You know, maybe oh, give them the first series so that they don't get a problem with rust the first week of the playoffs. But I, uh, you know, I want to protect some people. I don't want to see them get hurt if you're, you're down there and you know you've you. locked into one of the, the top two positions. Yeah. Um, Dan, Aiden, or Tony, do either of you want to respond to Sturch? Um, again, five points hanging in the balance here. So, you know, because, you know, he spoke after all of you and he's, he's on an Island here, uh, when it comes to the five of you, do do either of you have a counter just, just for the purposes of of fleshing the conversation out? Soft, soft, S A W F T all of you. soft. (laughs) So I just have one question for you. If you had to play the Eagles, Two weeks in a row. Would you rather play play and Cooper Rush started one of them and Dak started the other? Would you rather go Cooper Rush then Dak or Dak and Cooper Rush? Oh come on! Like <laughs> what are you doing, man? You're, now you're hurt. Both of you and Tom are hurting Dak Prescott. You're, you're just saying he's all right. That's it. By the way, he's getting hurt. You I don't think they're hurting take, Dak. I think that they're acknowledging that it. This this is the NFL. I mean, it's 
I mean, it's a, how, how it's, a, it's a relative variable search. You can't, you can disagree with it, but you can't dismiss yeah, its relevance. The problem is that that's not the question at hand here. We're not talking about, oh, injuries, all that. Like, you're talking about, do you want to end the Eagles season or do you want to play them twice? I, I want to end again, the Eagles season. I think they're answering the question in that they don't want to end the Cowboys season. That's that's all of yeah. their answer. And I, I, can end I want to by losing to a division rival in AT&T Stadium. That can happen. I We've just, seen it. I, I just want to see the Cowboys humiliate the Eagles with Cooper Rush and and Steele and Nseki and and McGovern playing center and and just say look no, running back in this game. Yeah, but I, he's he's the backup center. You know, he Corey came in and played snap the center during the last game. Deck. Tony, you had your hand raised. Yeah, I mean, for me, my answer is out of pure disrespect. Like I am, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I do not care about the Eagles. I am not worried about the Eagles. I'm not living in the past. This team is going to river stomp, curb stomp, whatever kind of stomp you want. There's going to be teeth on the floor. I don't care. Let them get in. Let the little brother get in. Let the little brother get the, um, you know, oh, oh, you're in, you got in now. Oh, you can play with the big boys now. And we're going to punch you out. And you're going to come back here next week just to leave out with your tail between RJ, your legs. RJ, RJ, Tony, Tony I, RJ. Tony just took a I, commanding lead. Sturch. RJ, I, mean, I got a, gonna... I got a podcast with these people like how do you do this to me right <laughs> how do look you, we're supposed to be building camaraderie here <laughs> i want to say something the last time that the cowboys won on the road dan you saw this tweet earlier i know you did last time the cowboys won at kansas city it was part of a three-game stretch where they lost to the broncos and beat the atlanta falcons that same season Sturch, the cowboys played the philadelphia eagles in the final week of the regular season and in the wild card round. Now the Cowboys won both of those games, which would be an impossibility in this hypothetical, but it would it would be coming to fruition. And you know what? Um I I look, I I said to I joked with Tony that I'm I'm king of the of the chickens here. It would be terrifying. And I I want to admit that that it would be terrifying to play the Eagles in the wild card round because I think that's what makes this what like this is that's why we love it because it would be terrifying to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. On the flip side though, I agree with Tony that the Cowboys, you know, 100 times out of 100 would curb stomp the Eagles and that would be satisfying. And this season, uh by the way, DJ Talk 31 says Tony's talking like a madman. Um oh, made man, made man. Oh, made man. My excuse me, my bad. I I, I couldn't. Yeah, I'm too I'm too worked up in my own emotions. Hello, this, <laughs> this season has been a season, and Aiden, I'm curious for your thoughts here. A season of I don't want to say exorcisms, but a seasons of can'ts won'ts. You can't go to New England. You won't go to New England and win. You can't win without Dak Prescott. You won't win without Dak Prescott. You can't respond to a humiliating loss and win. You won't respond to a humiliating loss and win. And they've done that. And so I also want this, and I've told this to all of you. I want the Cowboys to go to Lambeau Field in the divisional round of the playoffs and bounce Aaron Rodgers in the same. That, I want it in the divisional round. I don't want it in the title game or the wild card round. That wouldn't happen. I want it in the divisional round. I want to beat him in that round specifically, the round that he has owned the Cowboys. I don't want to do it at AT&T. I want to do it at Lambeau Field and make up for the desk catch and make up for 2016 and Jared Cook. And I want Mike McCarthy to return to the house that Aaron Rodgers kicked him out and just hand it to him. And then I want the Packers to trade him in the offseason. I want that to be the last game that Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers. Aiden, your thoughts. Amen. That is perfect because I am – I mean, I know we all are. I'm so sick and tired of the Packers. It's just like the general stigma that they have. I've been reading stuff this week that everybody was like, the Packers came out and they proved themselves as the best team in the NFC against the Seahawks. I'm like, did we watch the same game? Because Russell Wilson looked horrible and they only they won 17 to zero in a game where they couldn't get their offense doing anything. 
But now everybody's like, they're, they're the team to beat in the NFC officially. The Cardinals lost. The Rams lost. Nobody's paying attention to the Cowboys. The Bucks lost. They're the best I, team I in the NFC. I don't know how I'm, anybody in had the Packers over the Titans in their power rankings today. I have no clue. No idea. Uh, now that, yeah, that's a different discussion. Obviously, we wouldn't see them for a while, but I, the Titans have been on a tear. Right. Yeah, no, I but, agree with you. Uh, so, Aiden, finish your point. Sorry. Overall, I'm just, I mean, the last seven years now, I'm just so sick and tired of the Packers. And I would love for us to meet them in the playoffs because I, McCarthy's going to be ready. You thought Dan Quinn had a vendetta against oh, the Falcons? Oh, that's going Yeah, I mean, you know, McCarthy you know, would come out swinging. You know what's funny about this is that this feels like – opposite of the 90s remember the Packers were just trying to get over that Dallas Cowboy hump and it just wasn't happening and then the Cowboys kept winning the Super Bowl and being the dominant team that they were and then they finally got over the hump and won in 96 dude this could be the same thing we can't get over this Packers hump for all these years and then finally in Lambeau Field in the snow I wanted the friggin snow no, I, don't I want, want the snow, snow and I, I want that's TD not part Lamb. of my favorite dream. I want TD Lamb in which I taught my daughter this by the way I taught her the whole like the wipe of the nose thing I taught her that the other day she loves it uh I want him to be doing that all day long like I want Lambeau no. Field just as much as you guys do I want CD wearing number 88 to have the game ceiling catch that's what <laughs> I, I, I I I want that um Dan Aiden and Tony have kind of come to bat now to and I've I've joined the brigade all right and so uh Dan do you do you have any sort of follow-up thoughts here to, to further discredit Sturch's opinion <laughs> I mean, I have to do my opinion. I want all those things too, but I mean, I want the Cowboys to just advance, and I want them to go to the Super Bowl, and I, so I, I want the the path of least resistance. I you're love so the great stories. Man. Respect. Um, we all we all want like burgers and ranch dressing, and you're like, I'll just take a grilled chicken and asparagus. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> hey, it's good for you. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, health is health is the most important as far as. I mean, I feel, you know, pretty strong on that take. Um, but I I don't know. There's a lot of teams that I fear. I mean, I'm scared of Tom Brady. I'm scared of Aaron Rodgers. And, and you know, I don't know what Arizona could do. I'm, I'm still scared of the Rams. You know, I know that they're struggling right now. But, I mean, they got a really good team. So, I don't know. I just I didn't want to be healthy, and I want the Cowboys to be playing well. And, uh, but, I, I mean, I'll, tell, I'll take the story. I'd love to just – beat the Eagles so we can all flex on Twitter and, and everything. It'd be ah, great. Yeah. And, but um, honestly, I just want us to be able to just uh, be healthy and, and uh, just have the, the best path to, to get to the Super Bowl. Tom, do you have any follow-up thoughts here after we, we kind of flesh the discussion out just a little bit more? Uh, yeah. I, I just want the Cowboys to keep winning and, you know, we haven't talked about what might happen if they make it to the Super Bowl. And there's a very interesting development the past few weeks. The New England Patriots seem to be getting their act together. And can you imagine the attention a Dallas-New England Super Bowl would get? That's what I've got this secret little dream in my heart that I guess isn't so much of a secret anymore, but that would be absolutely great. Other than that, I just want the Cowboys to play a lot more games like we saw last Sunday. I, I don't want to, to have a you know good, close game, well fought. I want to, hey, you want to send some an ambulance out to help you pick up your bloody bodies off of the field? Violent. Again, Violent. Tom, this is a lot of yeah, this is a you know explicit episode. Um, a lot of here. bodily fluids. Um, a lot, I, lot, yeah, I, a lot of fluids coming out of Tom over there. <laughs> I really think 
I mean, I don't know who the juiciest I, – I think New England would be that team, Tom, because, again, it has been a season of vindication in so many senses. To Aiden's point, for Dan Quinn, it would be for Mike McCarthy. Um, you know, uh, shout-out to Bobby Belt, friend of the show, who, who noted Dak Prescott told Tom Brady at the end of week one, we'll see you again. And, I mean, I would love for the Cowboys to go back to Tampa and just just kind of, you know, one by one, just, t- you know, mark off their list, you know, go, go through every way that they've been scarred and hurt and broken and beaten before. And I know they already beat new England, but to do it again. Um, and it would be satisfying too if, if we're, if we're factoring all our wants and wishes to go just house new England in the super bowl so that Philly couldn't say, well, we beat the Patriots in the super bowl, but I know it wouldn't be Tom Brady and whatnot, but it would just be, it would be pleasant to, to have that happen. Um, Sturch, um, I'll give you closing thoughts on, on this argument, but it's not looking good. Being honest with you. I mean, this argument went, 18 different ways like I just started yeah, off welcome with, to the round table well I'm saying it started with the, <laughs> this this specific question went from the Eagles and that hypotheticals to who we want yeah, to because that starts that's the you know Dan mentioned the Dakota fly effect that's the butterfly effect there's a fantastic episode of the show community if anyone's ever seen it where they they roll a dice and the episode thank you Aiden for nodding um the the dice there there there's a, a group of people and the, a pizza is delivered and everybody doesn't want to go get it and somebody grabs a dice the character's name is Jeff in the show he says okay one two three four five six I'm gonna roll this dice and whoever it lands on has to go downstairs and get the pizza and so six alternative timelines are created based off of whatever side that dice lands on and that's that's how this works right like anything can go a number of different directions welcome to the NFL baby all right well uh, my closing argument is that yes I want to beat Aaron Rodgers. You know, in Lambeau, like we said, I like the division round aspect of it. I do like that. That That's kind of interesting. Uh, I would love to see Tom Brady again and dethrone the goat and make him like send him into retirement. And, you know, you mentioned that New England's on their, you know, on their horse. And, and I agree. Mac Jones is is really playing well. But to me, turn back the clocks all the way. Give me the Cowboys and the Bills from mm-hmm. the 92, 93 Super Bowl. Give me that. Um, and, and, uh, give me, you know, the, the drought being over in this year. That's what, that's what I want. That's, nah, that's what I, I, don't, I don't want that. We've already beaten the bills of the Super Bowl. Like I'm here for the new age. I'm here for oh. the, you know, new times, you know, I've seen this movie, but like starts, you're like, let's watch rush hour two again. Like, I love that movie, but nah, you know I mean? I've like seen a it a thousand boy, times. Man. I can watch Tommy boy over and over and that's over what now. I'm saying. Like, you know, we don't like, let's watch Dune. It just came. You know what I mean? Like, let's watch something <laughs> new and, and innovative or something. Ooh, like digs that. versus digs. Come on now. Are you kidding? Uh, okay. Nice, nice save. Uh, final point tally. Uh, Bernie Starr was actually the first person to mention Diggs versus Diggs. So Bernie Starr gets the um, Okay, five points were up for grabs, but I've checked and I found 15 more. Tom, Tony, Aiden, Dan, y'all get five points. Zero points for Sturch. Uh, so that means we have, uh, I've decided we have a four-way tie for today's winner. Tom, Tony, Aiden, Dan, congratulations on winning today's roundtable for Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. A huge honor. Um, the certificates in the mail for all of you. Uh, Does any one of you want to speak on behalf of all four uh, as as an acceptance sort of speech? Um, Anybody? One of you needs to do this. So, I mean, that would give it to Tom. Tom, speak now uh, on behalf of of you and your fellow champions. I just, uh, I just want to say how moved and touched we are to have clearly earned this award. And uh, I'm glad we've got you in charge of election integrity, RJ. 
That's right. I, I, I just want to ask one question. Who's the S? Who's the A? Who's the uh, o, uh, F? And the, who's the T? Oh, soft. Who's the That, o? that would be spell. Saft. I can't uh, even spell. Sturge. I'm so I'm so on fire. <laughs> I'm over the SAWFT, but I realize there's not enough. You know what, RJ? You you're know what, Sturge? You're over here like you're hating the divisional rivals. You're coming up with a word that literally includes WFT. Like, who's the real weirdo here thinking about other division rivals? I mean, you're clearly a fan of, of the team in our nation's capital. You know, totally. you're subliminally thinking about them. So yeah, congratulations totally. to all of you. Uh, is there a seagull in the chat? Um, I don't know what that is. Um, or maybe it's a, like kitten. A, a cat that needs <laughs> uh, to be let out of. Um, but I thought it was a seagull, honestly. Um, anybody have any thoughts that if they do not get them out right now, you won't be able to sleep tonight? Now is the time. Now is the opportunity. Anybody. I, I will say this. Tonight, anybody but Sturch. But tonight's Sturch, chat. But no, tonight's chat. Shout out to the chat. Those guys were all entertaining. I was watching simultaneously the whole time. Everybody that participated in tonight's chat, you guys rock because you had me laughing the whole time. Somebody Keith even said, slap the guy. Like, slap Keith Axelrod actually said, Block of the Boys should also get the award for the best Cowboys fan channel. Thank you very much, Keith. If you guys haven't yet, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast network. Um, those things are very cool. Uh, so Sturch had some final thoughts. What a shock. Aiden, Dan, Tom, Tony, anybody have anything else? Aiden, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, Liam's a Pro Bowl kicker. I'll just That's put right. out that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very well said. Um, you know what? Five-way tie for tonight's win. Uh, Liram's added to to you five. So five horsemen, not four. Uh, Dan, any final thoughts, final words, final limericks? Just give Sturge some monkey butt. <laughs> <laughs> Tony? Uh, Tony, you had the line of the night, by the way, uh, you know, saying – my answer is purely out of disrespect. That was a great way to put That's what put you four over the top, if I'm being honest. Listen, that's how I feel about them. I, all the division opponents, disrespectful. I want to be disrespectful every week against them. Mm. Uh, Tom, we are about to sign off. The final 11 words belong to you. Make them great. Why do you always do this to me? Bye. That's nine. We need two bye more bye. words. Go Cowboys. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>